0: Hey guys, this is the Motorcycle Dad Podcast with Tito. Um, Coming at you uh, live from the Beat Laboratory, aka the garage, the dungeon, the man cave here in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's a nice, uh, cool night. Not really. It's still a little warm. Uh, It's funny. I just did a take now and I was listening to it and it sounded horrible because I had my swamp cooler on. So even though I had it turned down, it still sounded like crap. So... I'm going to always try to put out something at least that, that sounds good. Um, so thank you guys. First of all, from the last episode, I uh, got I got feedback from a lot of people that, you know, you're my friends on Facebook you know, or you know, follow me on Instagram. I really appreciate you listening, especially people who don't have Spotify. You know, thank you for downloading it to listen to my podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, first one, like I said, appreciate all the feedback. It's super humbling. Uh, I, I welcome it. Any positive, negative feedback, I, I'll take it all because I want to, you know, make this something not just about me, but for, you know, for everybody. You know, if there's something I can learn in the process to, you know, you guys want to hear, then, you know, absolutely let me know. Uh, so leading to that, I'm, uh, I'm learning a lot about this as I go along. So uh, kind of like, was it, fake it till you make it a little bit here? Not too much, but uh, still, so Apple is reviewing my, my podcast right now for release because uh, I didn't mark it explicit because I have a potty mouth, so uh, they denied it, fuck, but either way, you know, uh, I resubmitted, uh, marked my podcast explicit, so adults only, sorry kids, even though it's motorcycle dad, it is, you know, we do need some grown up time, shit, fuck, uh, <laughs> well, either way So, bear with me there I'm hoping they're going to release my stuff here within the next 48 hours But I was going to wait for that And I was like, you know, fuck it I'm just going to go ahead and do another episode And then, you know, let's see what happens from there So, that's how I'm treating this uh, You know, and we're just going to I'm just going to keep learning And keep moving along So, uh, I, like I said, I appreciate all the feedback And, you know, any help anybody can give me I'll take it too Even the hate, I'll, I'll take that it only helps me learn, you know, what you guys don't like and do like, but look, if you want to leave me a comment, cause one of the parts of the learning experience, Spotify doesn't allow comments or reviews. So I learned, um, until Apple gets released and you can leave me a review on there. You can, you know, find me on Facebook. I'm at Chris Tito Padilla, P A D I L L A. And you can also find me on Instagram at Tito CP 702. All right. So just send me a message there. Uh, if you have any, like questions, ideas for episodes, something you want to hear, doesn't matter. Just leave it there uh, until, like I said, the other reviews uh, come up on the other platforms. So in the meantime, one of the subjects I want to talk about today is the heat. As I'm sitting here in my garage door closed because the cars are going by and I can pick that up on the microphone too. And sitting here in the heat, I am drinking water though. So rest assured. Guys, it's coming up at the end of the riding season, but still let your guard down you can get jacked up. Uh, don't get caught off guard. Um, that goes for my people in the desert out here and for my people on the East Coast. I was just back in Florida a few days ago and it is humid, as hot as fuck. Holy shit, I don't miss that at all. I am you guys. Oh my gosh, how you deal with that? Like my sister, my family back there, whew, more power to you. But either way, it is easy on a motorcycle to not realize how dehydrated you're getting or that you're sweating a lot. So... I drink tons of water. I try to, even when we're on these poker runs and everybody's pounding beer, I may drink a beer here and there, but for the most part, I'm drinking water. I'm pounding water. I have one of those neck gator things that goes around your neck and I get a soak water at every stop. I try to get ice water. And one of the things you can do that I haven't done, tis tis, is get a heating vest. Now it's coming up on the end of the riding season. So a lot of dealerships and places are going to be looking to get rid of what they have in stock. So now is the time to get ready for next year. So when it does get hot next year, you already have a cooling vest. Cooling vest, basically you just dunk that thing in water, cold water, you put it on and it's evaporative cooling. And it just helps keep your temperature down. It's very, I'm telling you, they're worth their weight in gold. They really are. I've, I had one before it was kind of raggedy and I didn't replace it when I threw it away. So, but I'm telling you, I'm definitely gonna get one at the end of the season. Uh, you know, RevZilla and Motorcycle Superstore and Rocky Mountain, all these guys are going to be doing sales probably, you know, in September, I think, you know, usually because they don't like keeping a lot of that stuff in stock, but not really as much for those guys because they can absorb the cost with just how much they purely sell. Just by attrition, they're going to get rid of their stuff. But some of your dealership, brick and mortar dealerships may be willing to cut a deal. If you know they carry, call ahead of time to check with them, you know, so you're not wasting your time and they don't try to hem you up with some other, other shit, you know, but uh, see if they have cooling vests and try to tag them up on it. If even if they don't have it marked, I'm more than positive when you go in there and talk to, you know, a parts guy or parts manager, they'd be more than willing because to get rid of that stuff because they don't like going into the off season with a lot of overstock or stuff that they're just going to be sitting on. It just it takes up space and in inventory, and they just don't like it. So just put it that way. So uh, try to take advantage of that, and if you can get a cooling vest, like I said, those things are worth their weight in gold. L- look online. I mean. You don't believe me, believe the internet. Like, you know, thousands and millions of people can't be wrong about it. You know, not many complaints unless it's like a quality and stitching or something like that. So, something to look into. All right. Um, Which is leading me into, let me see, we're going in our interview with Keith right now. So, I went to my old job and uh, went and saw my buddy uh, Keith while he was at lunch. And we started off in his office. So, pardon us, because this interview is going to go from his office to. The Leathernet Club, uh, special place in my heart. We went there to get some lunch and, uh, Ghost, thank you for letting us use your bar, by the way. And all the crew over there, you know, Alan, Nomi, you guys are great. Much love and appreciation to all you guys. But, uh, enough of that. Now we, uh, we had to go over there to finish the interview. So, um, one other thing, guys, just to let you know, I, I have a tendency to get a little loose in my tongue, uh, when I'm talking with my friends, just BSing around. It's just what I do, uh, you know, if you're offended, I'm sorry, but that's just how I talk. So you can have to get used to it. If not, you know, I'm sorry to lose you, but that's just that's just how I am. I just want to keep this as genuine as possible and ask anybody that knows me very closely. It's kind of how I do. I do. I have a tendency of toning it down like right now. I haven't cursed too much. But once I'm like BSing with my friends and really letting it loose, you know, I, I have a tendency of letting it fly. So, you know, you'll hear, it, you know, if you don't like it, sorry, sucks for you, but that's just how it is. Um, still appreciate you listening either way. So, just a fair warning going into that. But, guys, this is my interview with Keith. Thanks a lot. Hey, guys, this is Tito with Motorcycle Dad Podcast. All right, I'm here with a very good friend of mine. Okay, on this episode, I'm gonna guest spot. good friend of mine that I work with over here at Eagle Rider Las Vegas uh like I told you guys we're going to try to give you guys a different perspective from everywhere in the community as far as like when it comes to motorcycle related he's been working here on uh the fleet management side of things which is a big task considering they have at any given time five to 700 to 800 bikes rotating out through this place it's a fucking amazing so uh Keith just go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, how long you been in the industry, uh, how'd you get started in motorcycles, and then also my infamous question I'm going to be asking everybody, when did you first fall in love with motorcycles? So let's start off with your experience and what you do exactly and how long you've been doing it.
1: All right Tito, thank you very much. Like I said, my name's Keith. I work at Util Motorcycles, I'm the fleet manager here. I've been doing it for three and a half years now. But I've been with the company for, like, five. Um, It's challenging, to say the least.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, there's been, like, times during season. Like, guys, I don't think you guys understand. It's like, when you get, like, Sturgis and Bike Week, all these fucking bike festivals and everything that go on, nine times out of ten... We'd always joke about, like, oh, no, Keith's not on the clock tower. Like, he's not up on the roof ready to (laughs) shoot anybody. Because you're talking about somebody that likes to try to make everyone happy and everyone's dream come true. So, and he literally, he tried, I mean, we see this guy almost curled up in a ball in a corner. (laughs) You know what I mean? To try to fucking make people happy. So, and and I mean, in Keith, it's funny because, like, that was one of the things I loved about working at Eagle Rider was the fact that like, it would be so shitty and mundane sometimes when it's like, yo, you're putting on 100 plus bikes a day. But every now and then you get that one person who's like, yo, this is my fucking dream. This is my, literally, you're making my dream come true. Oh,
1: yeah. I I mean, you know as well as I do, there's yeah. times when I ruined someone's entire life because I gave them the wrong color motorcycle. And all of a sudden, everything's the worst thing in the world. And I I get it. I'm a rider myself. I totally like to... I would love to be able to give everybody what they want for their, but it's not possible. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, let me, let me ask you this, Keith. When was, like, the first time? Because when me and you met, I know you had just gotten into riding, like, really hardcore. Like, you, it seems like you had some knowledge about it, but, like, you really weren't too into it until you got to Eagle Rider. Is well, that true? Like, how did, how did you get into riding? All
1: right, well, pretty much when I was growing up, know dirt bikes and quads that kind of
0: thing a lot of people you know <laughs> i i
1: me and my buddy eric we we got a dirt bike back when we were like 12 and it's this old beat up 72 kawasaki that ran maybe like five times in the whole three years that we owned it because yeah it was a fucking pile and a half <laughs> but <laughs> so you know dirt bikes and quads growing up but In all honesty, until I got this job at Eagle Rider, I'd never ridden a street bike in my life.
0: Really? Seriously. Let me ask you this. Did you, like, ever want to, like, really, like, man, you know, someday, like, it had always been for you. Like, someday I'm going to get my endorsement. I don't know, whenever. But it was just being in the culture here around fucking bikes all the time.
1: Oh, I mean, it's totally different from what I... I never honestly expected myself to get into this industry. I mean... I fell into it cuz I was looking for a job and there was an opening and I heard it through a friend and you know history's made from that point but <laughs> I never honestly thought I'd be in this in- industry. I it was just never something I really really thought of unless it's one of those things that one of those things that anybody should always learn. So like my dad always had a list growing up of you know you got to learn how to change a tire or do your own oil or make a fire or you know, stupid shit that any any normal person should know. Yeah. But riding a motorcycle was on that list. Just because if all else fails, you have another way to get around. It's like, you know, sure. being a pilot or, you know, something like that.
0: Driving Nowadays, driving a fucking stick shift. Exactly. How how driving people, a stick shift. Yeah, exactly. How many people don't know how to fucking drive a stick? Okay. <laughs> so let me ask you this. You get to Eagle Rider. You get your endorsement and all that stuff. But what was, like, the first bike? Because, I mean, here's a lot of Harleys. And that's kind of the culture here. We did some metrics here and there. But what would you say was like the bike that you know that, because what do you currently ride? Let's start with that one. Right. I have
1: currently. a, I have a 2011 fat boy. Okay. And I love her. Her name is Vera. She is awesome. Um, <laughs> I've been slowly upgrading her over the couple of years that I've had her. And now I got bars and bags and pipes and all sorts of crap yeah. on her.
0: Guys learn from Keith. It's always nice to have friends that are technicians. Yes. That are willing to help you out. Just hint, hint, (laughs) wink, wink. (laughs) All right. So that's one of the things. But all right. So let me ask you this. Was your fat boy like the bike that you fell in love with that you knew you had to have? Or was there another one? Well. It's almost like we're talking about women right now. I
1: know. No, it's like, I don't want to let another one know. Well, when I found
0: this one, this one actually used to be in our fleet.
1: And when it came up for sale... I was doing the fleet stuff at the time, and I went to our, uh, our, serv- our sales guy at the time, and I was like, look, this is going to be my bike. You will not sell this bike to anybody else. I put my name on it. I stuck it in the very back corner of that little shit-ass warehouse that we had. And pretty much I threatened him that if he ever sold this bike to anybody but me, he would never get another bike for his fleet. Or if he did, they would be pieces of shit. Which didn't turn out because I got the bike, anyways. But no, uh, it was awesome. Um, in all honesty, I like I said, I don't really have a whole whole lot of experience riding, like years of riding, like a lot of people do. But I've ridden this bike obviously more than any other bike
0: I've ever ridden. So but let me let me say something, Keith. It's funny that you say that, okay? Because like you've been riding now how long? Three, four years? Uh, four.
1: Just uh, four actually, four? almost
0: like five years. Five years? Okay. Yeah. But let me tell you something man. I know there's people out there that have ridden for 12 years or 12 years riding experience but don't have as much experience as you do because and I'm not saying that to, you know, gas you up oh, right now. No. But this is the thing. You ride every fucking day. <laughs> yeah, I mean snow, rain, rain snow. shine. You ride every fucking day, to the point where I still remember when we go gun shooting, we go night shooting. That's one of the lovely really fucking beautiful things I always love about summertime here. You go night shooting, and here it is. You fucking leave work, but here it is. Keith coming to work with his fucking shotgun on his back. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking riding around Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, that was an interesting ride. Open carry and all, you know, I thought it'd be pretty cool. Um, no, it was... That God, that was like Fourth of July, was not it, or something, yeah, something yeah. like that? That was like Fourth of July, and I we all wanted to go, and I had no other way, so I took all my stuff and I strapped it on my bike, and I thought, well, this is probably going to get me in trouble, and so I thought, you know what? Screw it. It's the Fourth of July. I took an American flag and I strapped that to my bike too, and I got so many looks and cool waves and everything on the way like At the stoplight,
0: like, yeah, all man. The way fucking in, yeah, stra- fucking shocked, American America, my American man. Back. Badass and shit. <laughs> It was awesome. Well, look, man, I know you're on the clock, so I'm not going to keep you too long. No worries. But last question for you, all right? So I know you're in love with your bike now, but what is the next bike? What is the dream bike now? Everybody's got one at every point in time, and I know it fucking changes. Anybody says it doesn't change, you're fucking lying. Well. So, but what is the dream bike for Keith right now? Like, if you had money, money was no object. I just won the lottery. Uh, besides cocaine and Hookers, <laughs> what are we getting <laughs> what kind of motorcycle And we guns and get? rifles and, and, and guns and, and, and rifles all sorts of cool stuff. and probably your own gun range and gun store Yes
1: that too um, uh, right now actually I would love to get like uh, maybe a 2014 2015 Road Glide would be awesome
0: Okay because
1: I've taken street glide, I've I've ridden every bike we have in our inventory and I can I can ride most of everything and I just, I really dig the Road Lights. They're just a lot of fun to me. Dude,
0: it's a great highway bike, bro. Dude, it really is. Awesome. It's like, they to me, are. the best bagger that Harley makes is the Road Glide. Oh yeah, hands yeah. down, for highway riding at least.
1: Yeah, I want to do like a fourteen or fifteen because I'm not a big fan of the new motor because I know that all the problems they have with them. But we'll I get into that one.
0: We'll get into the MA motor on a later. Yeah, one but,
1: but I would love something to get a 103. Something. That would be awesome. What are you doing? Loaded bikes. Nice. I need a.
0: All right, guys. Tito's back with Keith. We had to take a break because he was at work, and I had to get him out of there. And since I don't have a job because I'm a bum, uh, we decided <laughs> to come to Leatherneck Club to get some food. Yeah, I'm right. So best place in town to come.
1: Hell yeah.
0: But all right, Keith. So we were talking about like when you you ride every day. Yeah. You even, I've even seen you when we go to shoot, come out with like ammo cans and fucking <laughs> your rifle 's tracked to your back like you're fucking John Rambo in a Harley. I think I fit six guns onto my bike at one time, a bunch
1: in the saddlebags, like the pistols and stuff, and then I had my rifle and my shotgun strapped across the back seat and my back, and yeah, probably not the best time to do it or best thing to do, but it was the 4th of July, and I thought, why not do it, so I put an American flag on the back, and I thought, you know what?
0: You can't get more American Than this America. man <laughs> I ain't gonna get All these guns On a Harley With an American flag <laughs> <Don't That's it. laughs> Done deal uh, What kind of riding Do you like Like, You like going distance You just like riding around town I know you used to go Riding around Red Rock Loop Every oh, fucking night Well I did, I did that Because it was It was easier to go home That way Because rather than
1: Battle traffic All the way You know across town Take the scenic route You know It makes yeah. it so much easier uh, Now I don't have to do that I live You know much closer now But even now, I'll, I'll still go out and ride I, On my birthday, I went out and ride I, I did, like, I think it was 360 miles on my birthday Just putting around And then a couple weeks ago I went out and did the same thing And I went all over the goddamn place I don't even... It was nuts Just stopping at places I'd never seen before
0: So it was awesome I think... that's like one of the things I love about riding Is the fact that it's like You're more connected with your surroundings Oh yeah, definitely You know what I mean? It's like shit that you, you would... you. We're just bypassing a car. and just like, yeah, whatever, fuck, I'm driving. When you're on a bike, you feel more in touch with what's around you. Oh, definitely. Well, I, the only thing that's that's that cool puppy. and not
1: as... I mean, it's it's still a lot of fun, but sometimes you just want to look. But you can't exactly look, do that while you're riding around. So it makes it a little different, but it depends on where you go. There's always some place you can pull off to the side, chill for a couple minutes, do your thing, get back on a bike and run. I mean... You're talking to the dude that took 4 hours to get to Kingman, which is only 100 miles away by the way, because I stopped at every historical marker along the way and took pictures and read them and checked everything out. So it it's all about the ride. It's not it and where you're going obviously, but I
0: mean, I'll I'll ride 200 miles just to go eat lunch. So, so. <laughs> let me ask you this. What is what is like your dream? We talked about your dream bike. Now, what's your dream ride? Like, what is what ride is it that you have to do? Like bucket list ride.
1: This is a ride that <laughs> I I actually planned a couple years ago, but I just haven't been able to do it yet. Um, essentially, the long and the gist of it is, it's going to take about ten days. Um, I could probably knock it out in like four or five, but I know me, so I'm not going to do that. Um, pretty much, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave here from Vegas. I'm going to head north. I'm going to stop in Lake Tahoe, stay there for a day or two. I heard some there's some beautiful mountain rides up through Lake Tahoe that are really, really awesome. So I want to go and try and do those, spend a day or, you know, maybe a day or two up there, do those. Uh, along the way up there, I'll probably stop in like uh, Eureka or Rite uh, Light or someplace like that. Just spend the night. Never spent the night there. Always wanted to do that. And then essentially what I want to do after that is take Highway 50, all the way across Nevada into Utah, because I'm a history buff, and that's actually the actual route of the early Pony Express. And there's ah. tons of little towns that are across that way, that and national parks, and all sorts of cool stuff to see. So I want to do that, head into Utah... Then hit like uh, Bryce and Zion and a couple other places like that, and then you know come back into town. Oh, dude,
0: go to. Bayou. So I got
1: like I got like ten days to do it, so I want to do it. Make so. sure when
0: you're going through Utah, especially right before you come out of St. George. Yeah. Go to Veo, Utah. I'm Vail, still Utah. I, I still need to do a turnip burn. all right? It's about thirty minutes outside of St. George. Okay. Okay. And they have this place called Veo Pies. Ooh. Dude, so every time I go up there, I bring back at least two, three pies. A Oh. And it's funny because Sal, old man parts manager, Sal was the one that taught me about it. He was like, yeah, you talking? what the fuck is this? And I pulled it up on Google and went up there one day. So I'm still looking to do like a fucking turn. That's like, I don't know, it's hard as a, like a rider to like think, oh, I am just I just want to do one. I think that's the hardest part because if you really love bikes, it's like you really love riding. It's like hard to just pinpoint, oh, I just want to do one ride. Oh, yeah, no. Everybody I talk to, was like, whoa. Well, I got my short turning burn ride, I got an iron butt ride, I got this ride, I got that ride. So I think that's one of the things I love about riding too. Yeah. Well, a lot of
1: times when I go out, I, I don't even plan it. I just kind of hop on the bike and decide to go somewhere. And that somewhere will lead to somewhere else. And then,
0: you know, 400 miles later, you're like, all
1: right, that was a good day. I'm done with that. That was good.
0: Yeah, be a modern-day cowboy, listening to fucking Bon Jovi and shit. <laughs> riding along. Actually, I
1: did do that last fucking time. Hate you was... you let
0: your ponytail down. Like,
1: yeah, I did. This. I did do that. That was fun. With my Hawaiian shirt on, rolling through fucking I fucking love New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rolling rolling through Lake Mead National Park with my Hawaiian shirt on, on a
0: Harley. I got some weird looks that day, but it was fun. Oh, who gives a fuck, right? Dude, it was awesome. I had a great time. When I mean. Anything else about motorcycles you want to talk about, man, in general? Like, we were pretty much covered just about all the bases. <laughs> like, why you fell in love, first bike, dream bike, you know, bucket list rides.
1: I mean, there's a, a couple other rides I want to do. I definitely want to do some more back east stuff. Like, I want to go to Sturgis when Sturgis is going on. And I want to go to Sturgis when Sturgis is not going on. Because I've heard up and around that area that's just gorgeous riding. So, I want to do that. So And you know what?
0: You know what's funny? I've heard most people that do Sturgis, like... Because I was in Florida So we had Daytona all the time We had bike week out there So I got kind of sick of it And then especially Working on Eagle Rider Usually Your events Are when you're busy as fuck And you don't get a chance To go enjoy the stuff Right you know Like I mean? said so, I've never been there before yeah, That's so. why I'm kind of But I've heard most people What they do is They'll do like I'm just gonna go do Sturgis To do Sturgis To experience it With all the fucking craziness and then people, when they do it again, they have a tendency to either going a couple days before, get, like, a day of the event and then leaving, or, like, they go at the end where they get the bad, the, you know, the craziness of the last fucking weekend, and then they go ride because everybody else goes home. I've heard that, too. I've heard so, a bunch of people do that. So. I, I, I don't hear too many people, unless they're going for the first time, they go and fucking stay for the wild and craziness the whole right. time. Right. I hear a lot of that, which, of course, you know there's plenty of that shit. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, hey, man, I'm going to have you on again. Thanks for, you know, fucking giving me some of your time and talking and shit. And I'll have you on for another guest spot. Maybe next time we'll have, like, Devo and a bunch of the guys. I'll be up at the shop. And I think next I'm going to do Devo and then T-Money and Terry over there. And then I'll slowly work my way through everybody eventually. Everybody's got a motorcycle story. Oh, yeah, man. Anybody to rise. Though. <laughs> shit.
1: So. I appreciate it, Tito. Thank you very much, man.
0: All uh, right. Thanks a lot, man. It was fun. All right. That was my interview with Keith. Keith, my brother, thank you very much. I appreciate your time, man. I know it's valuable. That guy, let me tell you what—he makes miracles happen. I've seen this guy turn some shit into sugar when it comes to being able to move bikes around and keep people safe and just make everybody happy. Keep the techs happy. Keep everybody happy. And like I said, look, Keith is smart. You always—it's always smart to have a friend that's a technician, and you know, it's like this. We. Motorcyclists, naturally, we just want to help each other. At least that's the way I feel. I always told my customers, like, at Eagle Rider, you know, they like want to give me a tip if I help them with a zip tie or something, getting their luggage straight. I'm like, nah, man, just, you know, if you see me on the side of the road, just stop for me. And that's the reason why I love motorcycling. I love this, you know, sport, recreation, whatever you want to look at it as. Whatever label we want to put on it, I call it freedom. Yell it. But, you know, either way, Uh, it's, it's something I enjoy and I want to share that with people. You know, it's, uh, it's nothing like being on a bike on two wheels and just going through the, going, going through the countryside or wherever you're at mountains, desert. I love it all. So I love being on two wheels, but, uh, either way going into the tip of the week, look guys do a walk around on your bike. Uh, you know, at least if you're every week, every day rider and you're riding all the time, you know, check your stuff once a week, you know, guys, if you ride, you know, a weekend warrior, check your stuff once a month, you know, check your turn signals, check your high beams, low beams, check your tire pressure, check your oil. Uh, I mean, come on, like, it's just walk around your bike and put lay hands on stuff. You'd be amazed at how much stuff you can find just by just touching certain things. Just like, and it doesn't have to be hard. Just take your palm or your hand flat. I'm in my garage right now. And just, you know, you hardly guys, you can be a little bit more aggressive, you know, slapping stuff, seeing if it's loose, bang on a fender. That's a good way of hearing to see if you got any loose bolts or anything. Guys, just do a walk around. Check your tire pressures. You know, I've seen tons of people, they get pissed when they spend all this money on good tires. But then, you know, guess what, guys? You got good tires, you got to treat them good. You, meaning, you got to make sure they got tire pressure. You know, the tire pressures are correct all the time. And then for some brands, you got to check to see if they require different tire pressures. Like on uh, the marathons for the Metzlers. For Harleys, you got to run those at a little bit higher pressure. If not, they wear very prematurely, get horrible flat spots. And I think you guys know what I'm talking about when it comes to flat spots. You know, really get bad cupping. You're able to run your hand across the tire, and it doesn't feel like a smooth surface all the way through. You feel like ridges and bumps and flat spots, curves. That's not good, and it's not safe for riding, guys. I know you're going to want to get the most out of it. But I'm like this, you're on two wheels anyways, it's your life, and if you really want to get the most out of your motorcycle, you make sure you take care of it, and make sure your equipment is good to go, okay? So that way we live to ride another day, and all only that, you never know, man, I've seen guys on sport bikes and on Harleys, if their stuff wasn't maintained, they wouldn't have been able to get out of bad situations that, you know, just happened just from attrition from riding, you know, somebody going to cut them off or something like that. Think about that too, guys. They're in a cage, you're on two wheels, not trying to put people in cars down, but cages have a tendency in not paying attention. And if you're somebody that's in a in riding in a car, driving a car, you guys are not, you know, from DMV level and driver's ed level, you're not trained to look for bikes, you're only trained to look for other cars. So try to keep two wheels in mind, especially if you're considering about getting on it. So look. That's just my two cents. What do I know? I get most of my information off the internet. So (laughs) don't listen to me. No, I'm joking, guys. Look, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Like I said, if you got any feedback for me, do not hesitate. Leave it on my Instagram, TitoCP702. Or you can find me on Facebook, Chris Tito Padilla, P-A-D-I-L-L-A on Facebook. Um, once again guys thank you very much. I'm super humbled and you know I'm hungry for this. So keep with me. I'm going to keep trying. That's the only way to get good at this. So till next week or maybe sooner guys, you never know. Much love and respect. Be safe out there. Peace.